You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Devastation on the Nation is less than one month away. I am super stoked to be a part of this tour. This year's lineup features Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant, and this is a party that you do not want to miss. Some of these shows have already sold out, notably the Brooklyn Show and the Chicago Show are now sold out, but good news for all you people from New York. The Devastation on the Nation crew have added a second show the same day. A late night show starting at 11 p.m. That's right, St. Vitus is going to be holding two Devastation on the Nation shows back to back. There are only 250 tickets available for this gig. Act fast, get them now. If you don't have your tickets to Devastation on the Nation, you absolutely should pick them up because this is a party you do not want to miss. You can get your tickets via the link in the description of this podcast, or you can simply go to metalfestivaltours.com. Speaking of a party that you do not want to miss, for the four Canadian dates of Devastation on the Nation, I am hosting the Vox and Hops Devastation on the Nation craft beer parties. These are either pre-show parties or after-show parties. The four cities that this is happening in is in Vancouver, in Toronto, in Montreal, and in Quebec City. All information for the Vox and Hops Devastation on the Nation craft beer parties are available on metalfestivaltours.com slash D-O-T-N-P-A-R-T-I-E-S. That's right. So metalfestivaltours.com slash D-O-T-N parties. You guys got to come out to these. It's going to be sick. It's going to be a bunch of Vox and Hops heads, the Devastation on the Nation crew and band members. And I will be at some of these parties. So please come out, drink some craft beer with me. Let's enjoy Devastation on the Nation craft beer style. Yo, what's up? This is Yuri Rimmond from Unhuman, X Cryptopsy, X Kill Terrorist, few projects, uh, Secret Chiefs 3 with the uh, Three Sprints from Mr. Bungle and such, and you're listening to Vox and Hops. Hey, thank you so, so much, Yuri. I love you, brother. Everyone out there, Unhuman has a new record coming beware be prepared i don't know when the sucker's going to come out but i know they're working on it and i can't wait to hear it so huge cheers and much love to my brother yuri Raymond. on today's podcast i am with rob the witch from necronomicon here it is vox and hops episode number 112 i warn you what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Rob the Witch from Necronomicon. Super great to see you. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's start at the beginning. Let's go all the way back. Classic Vox and Hops question. Tell me about the soundtrack of your youth. When you're growing up in your parents' house, what music was playing when you weren't in control of the radio? Okay, that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's a really long time ago. So, <laughs> uh, we're ta- I think the first music I heard of my parents was Elvis. Uh, so yeah, I think it was Elvis. I think it was Elvis. But uh, pretty quick, my my father was listening to some jazz. Well, m- a lot of blues also. You know, a lot of you know in brackets black music. So uh, I did like that a lot. Actually, my favorite guitarist is Aldi Meola. That's, uh, I know it's not really standard for a lot of people in extreme metal, especially, but my favorite guitarist is Aldi Meola. Like, 
over every, everyone else. He's my biggest influence as, as for guitar. And uh, not long after, you know, like one of my friends, uh, Holder, Way Holder sister, was listening to Kiss, and everything started there. And I was like, okay, I wanted, you know, I want to have a band and makeup and costumes and all that stuff, you know. So it's pretty much how it started, actually. That's crazy. A lot of black metal really stemmed from Kiss. As you roll your eyes, tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know it does sound cliche, but it's how it happened. You know, it's like you know Venom, and you know that's 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 my real influence. You know, it's Kiss. After that was like Venom. You know, Elamer, Celtic Frost, Batory. It's I know it's not original, but that's how it is. You know, and uh, that's that's how I. I, how I was saying things, I always I like that the people were freaking out about metal and satanism. You know, <laughs> I, I liked it. I, myself, I'm not you know Christian or Catholic or whatever. You know, I've been raised really differently. My mom's a yoga master. Really? So yeah, oh, that's cool. She's a what, back she's, in the day. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course, she's in retirement right now. You know, but and she was doing all that things you know what like you know crystals and you know that became really popular way later after that but my mom was already traveling and studying with like Indian masters and, and she became a master herself in teaching you know and my father was an artist you know with long hair and sculpting and painting and he like all his friends were musicians so it influenced me a lot in my you know the, the way I'm living you know like my father was always drinking like uh, Dutch beer and German beer and you know stuff like that so there was no Molson and stuff like that it was always Heineken but Heineken was not even here at the time that's crazy yeah. so it was like Heineken Grolsch and all this other beer from other country that we and we had it at home and I'm, I'm not even going with the wine because that come from my grandfather because he's a World War II veteran and when he came back from he did D-Day and everything and when he came back after the war he had like cases and cases and cases of wine and another thing called Calvados uh, it's uh, it's a, a drink from Monday. It's it's like a brandy apple. Yes, it's like a sweet a sweet spirit. Yeah, yeah, and it's really strong actually. And we started to drink that, you know. And so for me, when I was partying and seeing my friends drinking Labatt and stuff like that, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so they, everyone think that I was a snob or something, you know. But. You know, it's the same thing for breakfast. I was used to have like a bowl of coffee and croissant, you know, so I still do that. You know, that's my breakfast. It's really French or Italian, but I've been raised like that, you know, so. <laughs> it's always good to be cultured. It's different. It's almost funny now because nowadays, back in the day, you were like an outcast and different. Oh, totally. But nowadays, it'd be very hipster. Yeah, it's and super hipster. in. It is. Yeah. To do all those things. It's. I like good coffee, good wine, and really good food. I'm always being like that, and I didn't eat poutine like until I moved in Montreal, and fuck, even that there it took maybe another four or five years really yeah I, so I, I I think I tasted pudding for the first time around 96 or 97 so I was not doing stuff like that I was always eating real well and on top of that I was vegetarian and that was not that was not well seen back in the days so 
Does that come from your house as well? Yeah, because I'm born unable to eat beef. Oh, okay. So I was not a, I was a kid and I was like just like I was not going down, so I was like puking it every time. So my my parents started to look like my mom, of course, look, started to look like an Indian stuff and Asian stuff, and you know we started to look at that, and we we became vegetarian. And my father is like the first person who opened like a natural and vegetarian, vegan, whatever. There was no vegan really at the time. Store in Saguenay, where I come from. No way. Is the first one who opened that. That's badass. I think it's in 78. Yeah. Wow. Or something like that, you know. And are you still vegetarian now? Uh, I, I eat only chicken. Okay. Uh, because on the, of the road. And yes. sometimes it's too hard, you know. Some people say, oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, every time, no, it's... <laughs> instead, it, it, unless you're a real big rock star and you can, like, freaking, like, you know, I want this, I want that, you know. It's impossible, almost. It's really hard. So I started to eat chicken, but this is the only thing that I eat is chicken. And not too often, because sometimes I don't feel good, so... But, yeah. We were just delivered a beautiful beer. We are at Le Saint-Buc Brasserie Artisanale in Montreal. Yep. If you ever are in Montreal and you want a good craft beer, you got to come here. Yep. Uh, we were just delivered the Imperial Stout, 10%. It's called Yin, and it is by Evil Twin. We are at their McKellar versus Evil Twin Festival. That's a nice, nice aroma there. Skull. Smells uh, multi-delicious, boozy. Oh, my God, it's strong. It is strong. It is pretty. Oh, it is pretty strong. Boozy, boozy, right off the mouth. Yeah. I really like, really like the nose, actually. Yeah. And you it's have a dark taste of chocolate coming. Yeah, yeah, and some coffee. Coffee, yeah. chocolate, yeah. yeah. Delicious. Evil Twin rarely does anything wrong. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Cheers. Since Labatt was something so foreign to you, tell me about your first beer. Do you remember the first beer you drank? Uh, I... Th- think i think it was wow that's i was five years old so five or four it might have been carlsberg it's probably the best lager in the world i think it's yeah i I think it's carlsberg if i remember correctly how did that experience go about well i remember because at that time we have like the boobs bottle you know was really short stop, you know, and uh, I remember when my, I was at my grandfather's place and already uh, in my family, because uh, in my family, I was, I'm the first of the first of the first. I'm the direct line to my descendants, direct line to my descendants. So my grandfather was super proud and everything. So we, we were, you know, my grandfather, all my uncles and everything's a big family. So there was a table for when we had like family dinner, there was a table for the adults and a table for the kids. The difference is me, I was sitting at the table with the, with the adults. Oh, uh, from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, me and my my brother, because my mom didn't want it like favoritism. So she was like, if Rob is sitting, Jay is sitting at the table. So, and there we served wine already. And we were like four or five years old. Like We had like shooter glass, but with wine. <laughs> and they were saying, it's the only one you're going to have. So you, you sip it. And so we were feeling like, you know, part of it. So I always been drinking wine. Uh, I know I, I I do know more about wine than beer actually, and uh, yeah. So, and I remember like that we were having dinner, and sometimes my uncles before the dinner, you know, all that stuff. They were having like Paul like 
three, four, five beer. And I remember that I was like, I always drink wine, but I never tasted beer while drinking. It's not that I was drinking every day. You know, it's all <laughs> in special occasion. That sounded really weird now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, and I, I ask, I think it's my grandfather actually. He's like, gave me like a whole shot, you know, with, but, uh, with some beer in it. Yeah. And I remember my brother wanted to have whiskey. Yeah. He wanted to have whiskey because it was singing like uh, Captain Haddock and Tintin that was always drinking whiskey. So he tried whiskey, didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I understand why. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit much for a youngin. Yep. <laughs> Take me to your first good craft beer. Being from Montreal, there's a bunch of good uh, innovative craft beer breweries, Unibrew, uh, Boreal back in the day before they got big, big. What would have been the first? Oh boy, uh, I noticed some good ones in Montreal. At one point, I was only going to craft beer. There was a place called the Sergent Recruteur. Okay, before my time. It doesn't yeah. exist anymore. It's been like. It was on St. Laurent and a little bit further up from Montreal. And it was. They were doing their, their beer there. They, they. Unfortunately, they had one of the. Probably the best black beer I ever tasted in a microbrewery or craft beer at that time and um, they wanted to try to open a restaurant with that and be like more hip and they shot themselves in the foot which which nowadays is exactly what's happening yeah, everywhere but, yeah, they were just before their time didn't work yeah yeah literally they were and they, they shut down after that I started to uh, to go to another place called uh, fuck what was the name Dieu du ciel and I was going there a lot until I got sick and I thought oh, I drank too much and until I realized no I drank only one pint and uh, four other person were, were with me were sick too oh, so, uh, and I discovered after a while that these guys they were not regular enough in their brewing so sometimes it was a beer I liked a lot and it was not tasting the same after that and so I stopped going there I stopped by pretty much going uh, most of the craft beer place I, I'm almost drinking just imported beer when I drink beer I make some exceptions sometimes, uh, especially when I go to Saguenay, going to Opera. Yes, shout yes, out to Opera. Opera. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Opera, and I was going to the Voix Malte before. Actually, funny story, when we were recording the album Secret Medicine, uh, we recorded in Jonquière. So we stayed one month in Jonquière. We ran a place with the gear and doing the album. And every night we're going to have our stout. <laughs> and I gained 10 pounds. It happens. After one month of drinking stout and like well, I'm not talking about one or two I mean like five, six, seven per it, night it definitely happens and I gained, I gained freaking 10 pounds there <laughs> I, was, I was like oh my god I remember my girlfriend from the time was freaking out when I, I came back in Montreal it's the bloat it's, it's the stout bloat uh, yeah let's talk about the Montreal metal scene why do you think there's so many great bands that have come from Montreal you know, Cataclysm, Cryptopsy, Beneath the Massacre, Necronomicon. Uh, the list just keeps going. Covatus, Voivod. The Agonist. The Agonist, The Agonist. Yes. Super active band that I respect very much. Yeah, A lot of respect for this guy. They're hard workers. Absolutely. I respect that. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I get asked that question weird. all the time, and I don't know the answer either, so I'm always no, curious. It's, it's just strange. I mean, myself, you know, I'm not from Montreal. I'm from Saguenay. And when I moved there, there was, you know, in 93, 
There was not much. There was like there was a lot of local band. Like there's a lot of lo- there's always been a lot of local bands, but bands that have like you know like international status like Necronomic and Cryptopsin Cataclysm and that Gorgats. That was almost. Yeah. I mean, there was Voiva then. Even so, I mean, that's different. I mean. Uh, that like band, yeah, like band like my band and your band were were totally different like category, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Blasting the shit out of the roof, you know. And uh, I don't, I I just don't know, man. I just don't know. I remember at the time there was only us. There was us, and we started to to hear about a band, a new band, it was called Cataclysm. And there was Gorguts from Sherbrooke. And uh, there was Oblivion, but Oblivion was not doing much. They were just staying here. They did one or two little fests, like uh, I think in Milwaukee, Metal Fest. They were not doing really much, you know. I don't know what happened. I totally, uh, I don't get it. I mean, beyond creation, they're, they're totally like running their, their shit like crazy now, right now. And it's awesome. It's awesome, you know. Uh, I just, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. I don't know, like, you know, I, I've been part of, of that for so long. And I don't know how these guys made it. I know how I made it. But it's through, like, time and efforts. And there was nothing back in the days. There was nothing. You know, that was so hard. I remember the first uh, Cryptopsy demo. You know, uh, one of my friends, uh, you know, said that's that new band it's fucking you know blah 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 it's really different and I was like yeah okay and there was like uh, at the time the f- I-, I call a, fa- a false competition that I wanted to touch on that yeah and I was like what the fuck is that shit you know there was that back in the day because I've heard that being mentioned that it was like a sense of competition that pushed everyone to be better maybe I remember Steve writing to me back in the days you know Steve Ambo of course shout out to Steve R- writing to me you know and it was like dude you don't like my band and I was like what the fuck yeah I don't like your band it's like uh, I'm playing fucking dark shit what the fuck you think you know <laughs> and we met I said well you want to talk about it stop like fucking blah blah I wanna, I'm gonna see you face to face and we met I said do what the fuck you want with your band I don't give a fuck we can still be friends if I, said, I don't I, like your band I don't care it's like it's not a competition here we're totally not on the same fucking bucket you know I'm playing fucking dark shit you know you're doing like crazy fucking fast shit and like you know with lore bombs and shit I said I respect I respect that but I don't care because I, I don't want to try to be like like this it's not my cup of tea like cataclysm was the same shit yeah, I met the guys and when, back when Sylvain was there and they just had their first fucking like uh, demo release and everyone was talking shit about that and I met the guy and me and GF the guitarist connected so fucking well he's an absolute absolute sweetheart yeah they're amazing really good friends and it's like Lord Worm I always respected Lord Worm Flo is a good buddy and I don't get why people were trying because that was the people that like better one band to another band that started to say yeah Rob don't give a shit about Cryptopsy of course I don't give a shit (laughs) I don't give a shit about the music because it's not and you know it's like it doesn't mean I don't respect the band I don't I don't respect the guys that I don't like the guys it's just I don't give a shit about what you're doing because it's not my stuff like I don't care about what Agonis is doing but I love the guys I respect the artwork that's a big difference that doesn't mean I shit on them it's, it's a big difference. You're, you're allowed to have your musical taste. It's a matter of taste. I mean, some people like meat, some people don't like meat. I, and it's one thing I don't like these days. People 
you know, vegan bashing people that eat meat. That's fucking retarded. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nonsense. It's fucking so yeah. I think you're vegetarian yourself. I am a right? vegan. Yeah. Oh, here we go. You know, I got like my manager, she's eating meat. She's like steaks and stuff. What the fuck am I gonna say? You're fucking cunt. You know? <laughs> You're fired. No, that's just fucking stupid. Everyone is on. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's it's the same thing about like people bashing gays people, homophobe people. It's the same shit. It's fucking ridiculous. You know, just let people be where they are. And Absolutely. It's, it's what I meant. What I, I don't care about a band, about their music. It's because it doesn't reach me. It doesn't mean I don't respect the band. Yeah, you can it's not, not be that. a fan, but still be their friend. Exactly. Like pretty much all the band from here I, I don't it doesn't touch me because it's not it's not dark enough <laughs> I was gonna say that there are no other big black metal bands from here there was uh, Arama there was I don't uh, know if it did, did, did still around actually I don't know either yeah shout out to Arama I love you guys um, there is Incandescence yeah uh, I heard the name only yeah uh, Which, sure. but I can't think of any other oh, active it? it's Phil from Beyond oh, Creation oh yeah I saw them once yeah. I don't remember I didn't pay attention to be honest I was busy but uh, yeah Phil is, Phil is a fucking good guy yeah, shout out to Phil but uh, th why do you think that there's so many death metal bands from Montreal but only one big active black metal band that's a good question well I know there's a lot of black metal band but a more purest black metal band I mean, these bands like uh, I don't know the names, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but I know it's pretty more like like they try to be true black metal or stuff like that. And I, I think music have evolved, you know. It's like uh, Venom was like all shitty, crappy sounding, and they changed the game. But it was different, you know. There was nothing else. They were trying to make Motorhead, but crazier and faster and. All that shit. You and know? more visually disturbing. Yeah, that's that was the idea, to shock people and But everything. it came from Kiss. It was a show. Yeah, exactly. Versus what happened in Norway, where they took it for real. They took it for real, but look at that. Who's the biggest black metal band? It's Dimir Borgian Behemoth. No. no not a true that? black. Oh, no, not in two black. Well, okay, if you go there's there. There's Mayhem, there's Burzum, right? But okay, they're not okay. active, really. Well, that's not Ben. Mayhem's really. active. No, I'm not take that back. Mayhem's but still I, killing I, it. I've I never been into that crowd, to be honest. I, I know it's really funny. I'm, I'm saying that I like, I like dark stuff, but in reality, I'm, I'm a old metal dude. I, I listen to Judas Priest and Motorhead and stuff like that. I like my philosophy of life is pretty like close. It's really like a black metal, you know, the, the original black metal philosophy. You know, I'm born in the mountains when there was just forest and snow, and that's not a myth. It's a reality. It's really true. And, you know, so I became kind of a weird creature and I had to learn people's skill. What I'm doing right now, I've been doing interview for over 20 years now. I had to learn that because I was literally savage. I agree I, with that. I couldn't yeah. fucking talk to people. I was not able to talk, to have a discussion with people because I was used of the wild. So that was pretty hard for me. Moving Montreal and on that stuff, you know, to be sociable. I have to touch on this. When I first heard you, it's the first thing I heard about you, I'll be honest. We don't have to talk about it. I'll edit it out if you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, go ahead. The Katana story. Can we touch on that? A little bit. I have heard that... I tried to kill someone. Yeah. Yes, with a Katana. Uh -huh. How do you think that affected your persona in the scene? Did it make you seem more black metal, more true? Actually, it is three versions. Perfect. There's the version that 
I'm a fucking dumbass and I tried to kill someone. That's the version. <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the version that is the chick who started to have like drama and stuff like that. And the third version that is a totally invented story to boost my album that was coming out. So believe the one you want. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> If Necronomicon were ever to make a craft beer, what style beer would it be and what would it be called? If I'm telling you, that's already in process. No way. <laughs> that's sweet. I assume that it's uh, going to be a dark beer. Yes, it's going to be a dark beer. That's cool. I'm excited about that. I And uh, I made the recipe, actually. Did you? Yeah, I did. How did you go about crafting it? Where did you get the... the you know, where did that all come from? Well, I've been reading uh, mostly. And I know some stuff that I bought some beer that I like, that I took that and I took other stuff that was specific that I can talk about. We'll talk about it uh, after we just yeah. start on this. Yeah. And uh, actually, it was supposed to come out in October, last October, with the release of the new album. But uh, the brewery uh, affiliated with us had like some a little bit of financial difficulties. So it's we need to put that for uh, let's say another time. Another I understand time. it's a very hard. Uh, For the craft beer breweries now, right now, to yes. compete with each other just as much yes. as it is for metal bands yes. to compete with each other. There's just so much volume going on right now. It's crazy. It's cool. Um, like Cryptopsy, Necronomicon has gone through a lot of member changes. It's a very annoying question. What? Go ahead. I want to know how you deal with it, how you have persevered, what keeps you going, what drives you to continue. First thing that people need to know is I started the band in 1988. Crazy. So this year in April is going to be 32 years. That's fucking amazing, dude. I always wanted to do a dark band. Uh, the first members, some people like, we're, we're talking about people that are almost 50 right now. So uh, that's people that, you know, some people were literally afraid of like dark stuff and satanic stuff. And well, It was so occult back then, though. It wasn't like now. I was. You you had the the, ma the magazines, the tape trading, yeah. Min minimal visual. It, it was, oh yeah, it was it was pretty underground. I mean, you had to go to so a show, you had to experience it. Versus now, there's YouTube where oh, you oh, can. Oh just I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous now. It's uh, it's easy now in a way, in a way. But now there's more band than ever because of like you know self-recording albums and shit and all that stuff. Back in the days, it was really hard, and especially when you were like in Sangne, like living in the fucking cold and shit. Exactly. You know. Uh, I remember going to practice because, like, I had a drummer from from Jean Pierre, and me, I was from Ville de la Baie, so we decided to practice in Scutimi. But halfway, thing, yeah, <laughs> and it's like still like half an hour by car, by bus is an hour. But the bus was just coming at the entrance of the the town where I was. My man was living in the mountains. So I needed to do each hiking with my guitar. Holy shit. Like, like there was like eight kilometers, you know, from the city. So I needed to hitchhike with my guitar to get to the bus station. And after I take the bus station and after that, you know, doing the country at night. Holy shit. And so pure, pure determination. Yeah. So I'm going right to tell from you the when you, you, took the you, you took the last bus and you're dropped and you have to cross the entire town. And we're going out of town on the Batu, what we call this along the, the river Sangne, with the wind at minus 35. 
and do a chiking when it passed one car every fucking 20 minutes. All for the metal. Yeah, all, all for the metal. For the metal. Uh, so I don't see anyone doing that these days. No. So <laughs> I was doing that for my band, for my career. I wanted to do that. It's, it's a life mission. And I started, I was 17. I'm almost 50 now. I'm going to turn 50 really soon. So I never stopped. And like my manager always said, and my previous manager said, Necronomicon is you. You always been Necronomicon, and you'll always be Necronomicon. And the only time Necronomicon is going to stop is because I going to stop. Because actually, I have no problem finding a musician. Sweet. That's amazing. A lot of people want to play with me. And I've been offered positions in other bands also that I won't name here. Oh, sweet. Quite a few times during the years. Some wanted me to have as vocal. Some wanted me as guitarist. Uh, some guitarist, <laughs> guitarist, uh, vocal, and even one time bass, bass and vocal. What would be some reasons that you had said no to those? I had the mentality that I can't sing lyrics that I don't believe in. Okay, cool. Uh, probably I would do way more, much money, much more money than I'm doing right now. But some of the bands are pretty big actually right now. And uh, I don't know. Don't ask me why. I, I just said no. And one band in particular asked me three times. Wow. To, yeah, to be their singer. They were like, the third really time's well. the charm. They're getting, and the third say times yes. I was like, I said no. It's always going to be no. Crazy. Good for you. Well, good for me or not. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> well, good, good for you, for you, your values to stand Actually, behind. Actually, no. For me, it was, um, I don't, that's not the way I think. I'm, I'm so focused on what I'm doing because uh, people have to understand in the chromic and I'm the only one composing so I'm composing the drum the bass the vocal the orchestral I'm writing the lyrics I'm directing the artwork I'm producing the video clips I'm directing the video clips I'm working on the makeup I'm working on this I, I do everything I feel that sounds tiring it is and <laughs> it, it come with us backlash also What would be the biggest backlash? Depression. The depression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Depression, anxiety. Do you feel like everyone relies on you? Uh, I think I uh, I don't want to be an ass, but I think most of the people I've been with, they're, uh, they're not competent enough. That's, uh, I, you know, it's literally why I spent the last 10 years without a manager. My last manager was like taking too much money from me without doing anything almost anything and I proved the contrary that I could do it myself I got the band signed on a bigger label by myself and I, I you know all that stuff I did it by myself and uh, it's just recently that I got a new manager because that person is really competent we've been over 20 years in the, in the industry so that's pretty much the only reason I accepted to work with someone and again So for now, you know, the people that want to be in Necronomicon, they better have, they better know what they want to do in their life. Because I don't want to hear about fucking bitches, drugs, or fucking, you know, my job. And, oh, my job, my job. I don't give a fuck. You want to play music or, you, you know, or you want to be a fucking Joe, regular Joe, nine to five. No, no, I understand. Because a lot of people don't understand that when you're on tour, it's fun to have fun. But you're there to play the show. That's exactly my point. That's day, the first reason why you're there. Because me on tour, I don't have fun. I'm no. working. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to work. That's what I'm doing. The last tour, two months without one drop of alcohol. Okay, two beer. 
but that's how it works doing my shit and that's it because when shit hit the fan with the accident we had on the last tour that was super fucking brutal it's you it's where you make the difference between the mans and the kids literally because that was damn fucking serious it's not my first accident it was pretty pretty fucking intense and we're all lucky to be alive literally talk us to that you guys were driving you hit a moose I want to say big motherfucking buck okay so you hit a big deer at 150 yeah. kilometers per hour holy shit so after the investigation it's been really clear the investigation you know, because the insurance and stuff like that they said that we're literally not supposed to be alive holy shit so we're supposed to be dead all of us and we're all okay all okay yeah. who was driving that was our uh, session bass player okay that moment just totally. Oh, he was pretty fucked after the Scary, accident. He's yeah, doing yeah. good now. He's it's like PTSD good. almost. Yeah, he was freaking out after, but he's doing well. He's doing pretty well. I talked with him again yesterday. Actually. And then you guys kept on the tour even. Yes. That was pretty, uh, really, uh, really hard though because it would be a long story, all the details, but when we hit there and we stay stuck on the road for six hours at minus eight degrees. Unbelievable. Because we were in the middle of nowhere. So already there was another factor of like we could fucking die from uh, hypothermia. Uh, and there was another two other factors that we could have died also that I won't mention. It's because it's too long story to explain. Uh, so we avoided like four or five situa death situation in a matter of when the accident arrived in a matter of like the last first 30 minutes. Everything happened so fast. And after that, like staying like on the road with no eater nothing and took two hours for the fucking like cops to arrive Unbelievable. because it was too far and he couldn't do shit just waiting with us and i'm lucky i had like my 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 survival like sleeping bag that I always had for forever you know that helped a lot and some tricks i have from my military background also so uh that helped a lot we stayed stuck in the hotel for quite a few days. Uh, my manager succeeded to find us a ride, but uh, they didn't want it to rent us like a proper vehicle because we're Canadian. Stupid bullshit always. Then. So we ended up finishing one week and a half of the tour in a moving truck. A box truck. Yeah. Holy Squeeze shit. Squeeze in the front. Had to stop every two hours because we were our back were hurting and our legs are we're not feeling yeah. And your so drummer and your drummer was a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we finished that, and that uh, yeah, that was pretty intense. But we finished the tour, and that's it, man. That's that's just warriors. A lot of people would have went home. Yeah. A I lot of people would have went home. Yeah. Good for you. That's me. I'm like that. I've always been like that. Let's end on a positive note. What is the moment that you are most proud of for Necronomicon? I'm not proud. You're never satisfied? No, I'm never satisfied. I mean, last year we received a plaque, a commemorative commemoration of our over 30 years of career by uh, our region, Saint-Nélac-Saint-Jean. It's a big fucking metal plate. Now we don't know where they're going to put it. Somewhere in the city, Sydney. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a big fucking like metal plate. That's super cool. It's it's like I'll show you the picture after, and it's like thank you Necronomicon over 30 years of career, 1988. 
Holy shit. Uh, thank you from everyone in saint lac saint jean We have the emblem of the band and the logo of the band. And we are the only one in, in the country to receive something similar uh, with Voivod. Voivod had a plaque like that also, but we're the only the second one to have like something like that in Canada. So that was kind of weird. And I'm not saying I'm proud. I was kind of like, what? <laughs> what? Like, more like surprised that... I, I've never been proud, actually. Never been proud of anything I achieved. I mean, I, I did over like 1,000 shows. Like, I don't know, man. I don't give a fuck. I just want to rock and roll, you know? It's what you're built to do, Rob. It's, it's just, I just want to play. I do my stuff. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. It's, I'll, I'll do it until I fucking die, you know? I'm almost 50. I'm still, I still can rock most than a lot of people in the 20s. I don't see no end in sight. Rob, thank you so much for no coming, problem, bro. having a beer with me. Skull. Vox and Hops. I really All appreciate good. it. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had such a great chat with Rob. Uh, this episode happened just so naturally. I was coming out of the machine head, burn my eyes, 25th anniversary tour. I was there to hang with my boy, Danny, who did the lights for that tour. Huge shout out to you. I'm glad we got to hang out that night. And Rob was standing outside the venue and immediately right away we just kicked it off and I said, hey, I should interview you and uh, this is how this happened. So I'm super happy that I finally got to sit down with Rob the Witch, one of Quebec's longest standing metal bands, 32 years of their career and going. Huge shout out to Rob. Thank you for coming on and be a part of the podcast. As always, the best way to support the Vox and Hops podcast is via the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. Up there right now, I have three items. There is the pre-order for the very first Vox and Hops Enjoy Life Metal and Craft Beer Zip-Up Hoodies. The pre-orders for that will be ending this week. If you want to get one, you better order one soon because on March 4th, I'm closing the pre-orders for this and then that's it. I'm not going to make another hoodie for quite some time. So you better act fast. I also still have a few of the Vox and Hoff's cuff knit beanies, which I restocked due to popular demand. And I still have a very limited quantity of the Vox and Hoff's branded nine ounce tasting glass, the exact style of glass that I like to use when I'm at home drinking craft beer. It is really the perfect, perfect format if you want to share some craft beer with your friends. So all of that is available on the Vox and Hoff's Big Cartel page. The link for that is available in the description of this podcast. And anything that I receive via there is absolutely greatly appreciated because there would be no Vox and Hops podcast if it wasn't for all of you Vox and Hops heads. I'm wishing you a very, very fantastic weekend. I hope that you have a great week after that. And remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.